What is up? How is hey. it? How are you doing <laughs> on Treason Day, Eskimo? I am doing well. I I'm so excited. As we all know, treason is the reason for the season today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And welcome to the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. Happy Treason Day. And thank you to the Cumberland Cannabis Company for sponsoring this episode. Cumberland Cannabis Company is a one-stop shop for ethical and viable cannabis products. They appreciate all of their customers, vendors, and medical practitioners, and more, their patients. They offer an extensive line of cannabidoil, <laughs> cannabidiol, almost, topicals, sublinguals, edibles, and inhalants for distribution in your practice and retail locations. So please contact Cumberland Cannabis Company, and thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I want to encourage all of our listeners to try and say Cumberland Cannabis Co. <laughs> right? Or Cum Cumberland Cannabis Company three times fast. Go ahead and try and do that, folks. Three times fast. Let's see it. Can you do it? <laughs> I can't. No, it's, <laughs> Can it's it not once? easy. We've, <laughs> yeah, we, we've several of us have tried it. Nobody's been successful yet. And so, uh, but you know who is going to be successful? Joe Salaski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. Go check out Joe Salaski, folks, and help him out. Joe Salaski. Yeah. For governor. Governor. For governor. <laughs> yeah, for governor. For sure. Yeah. So today is Independence Day, folks. Woo, you know, where we took on the British without F-15s and nukes, and we were able to take on a <laughs> most powerful force in the world without F-15 and nukes. Who knew? Shout out to Joe Biden there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, what are you drinking over there, Cajun, to help celebrate? Uh, well, I mean, I know I'm going to be out trumped here by long shot, but I have my always diabetic-friendly throat freshener it is strawberry clear soda sugar free <laughs> i have uh, some homemade meat here so i actually so part of the reason i'm a libertarian is i want to start a meadery and mead is like people are like what's mead it's honey wine so instead of using grapes you actually use honey and so i'm actually gonna Hopefully it doesn't explode. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I've had some explode on me before, but this is what I'm That's drinking what today. Said. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, pretty it's much like it's, wine. yeah, it's exactly like wine. So like alcohol content and uh, the way you make it and everything, just like wine, instead you use honey and that's uh, the sugar that you're fermenting pretty much. And uh so this is a raspberry melomel. So when you put fruit into it, it's called a melomel. If you put spice into it, it's called a methaglin. And uh, there's a whole bunch of, like there's just a whole world out there of different wines using honey. So anyways, cheers, Cajun. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> but anyways, so I wanted to start a meadery and course starting a business in America is quite difficult and there's many fees and loopholes and boundaries you need to get over starting an alcohol-based small business that's a whole nother world I mean there's so many laws and fees and everything of that like so I wanted to talk about alcohol because our founding fathers consumed copious amounts of alcohol <laughs> like in fact the average colonial drank three times more alcohol than the average American today. So, and that was like one of their only clean sources of liquid to drink, like drinking the water was more dangerous. So I think that's mainly what contributed to it. But uh, yeah, our founding fathers drank a lot of alcohol. So <laughs> I think they'd be very upset with all the uh, stuff you have to do today in terms of like starting up an alcohol-based business. So I wanted to go over some of the laws that we have up here in Alaska. Now, normally I say Alaska is the most libertarian state out of all 50 states because we don't have um, a state income tax. We don't have a state sales tax. A lot of places don't have property tax. 
uh, we're actually a Second Amendment sanctuary state. <laughs> and uh, so when it comes to our alcohol, though, we are the strictest state when it comes to our alcohol laws. So that is like the biggest thing that isn't libertarian about us, <laughs> which I would love to fix. So most people, when they think about the alcohol laws up here in Alaska, they think um, it's because we have a alcohol problem and uh, they say it's to help save the Alaska natives, which is on par with like Biden banning menthol cigarettes and swishers and all that. Yes. Just that pandering to a race that's quite Nanny insulting. State. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, that's actually not the main reason we have these alcohol laws, though that is like a last resort reason that they use if they're trying to push something through. The main reason is that our lawmakers are bar owners. So, um, they say the alcohol manufacturers, so like breweries, distilleries, wineries, what name you, um, they're stealing too much of their customer base and it's hurting local businesses. And by local businesses, it's their local businesses. So we all know in a free market state, if you don't have a good enough idea, people aren't going to buy from you and your business is going to crash. So you need that constant drive and innovation to stay in the game. And so these breweries, wineries, distilleries are stealing too much of the customers from the lawmakers. So that's why they're putting those laws forth that are restricting them. So I figured I'd kind of go through some of the uh, laws that we have up here if you want to start with uh, these, starting with a winery. So if I were to make a meadery, it would be a winery uh, under legal terms and stuff because of the alcohol content and how you make it and stuff. So the biannual fee is $500, which we all know as libertarians, when something is a fee, that means you have to be so rich in order to do that thing, which I'm not a fan of fees. <laughs> so biannual, which means every other year you have to pay $500 and you can't sell more than five gallons to someone to consume offsite. Unless that person that you're selling it to has like an alcohol license that they can sell. So like a alcohol distribution place or, you know, some sort of store or bar, they can buy more than five gallons from you. But so an individual that doesn't have that license, they can't buy more than five gallons from you a day. Crazy, right? So, right, you know, like five gallons, I don't think is that much. I mean, if you think about it, like let's say you're gonna have like a really big wedding or something you can't buy five gallons from the winery itself. You actually have to go to an alcohol distribution place and buy more there. Oh, because that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> so, like as long as you buy a plate of buffalo wings before 10 o'clock, then the Roma can't get you. Oh, and my mm -hmm. wife asks, what are you drinking out of? Because we know it's native. Oh, it's not native. It's, oh, it's a horn. <laughs> I would love her to be. Still cool. No, I'm <laughs> You should have been drinking out of an Usyk. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my God. Wow. I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> but no, I'm just drinking out of a horn that my husband got as a gift for our from our wedding. So we got a nice. bunch of like cups that are made from horns, and then there's this big master cup. So that's awesome. <laughs> and like meat has a lot of um history with like the Vikings and all that. So I feel very Viking-esque with my drinking out of a horn. I mean, I can't drink Absolutely. out of the skull of my enemy right now, but like, this is the second best. <laughs> <laughs> so String your head took a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my fault. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> We're doing good here, guys. Happy Independence Day. <laughs> That's right. So exactly. We will drink from the skulls of our enemies. One day. Oh, I don't think they're dishwasher safe though, so I don't I don't know. Baby steps. We'll start with the <laughs> horn, then we'll move on to Usyk's, and then we'll go to the skulls of our enemies. They'll be sanitary by the time we get that far. Pragmatic. <laughs> oh, Alice says this, she says, is the skull of your enemy dishwasher safe? I'm just now seeing that. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we'll find out. Yeah. So I'm uh, moving right along. Um, I also looked into distilleries because I think it would be kind of cool if I distilled my mead. And uh, that would be really great tasting, I would think. And um, 
So the biannual fee, if you want a distillery license, is $1,000. So again, biannual is every other year. You have to pay $1,000 to get this rolling. And then you can't have <laughs> consumption on site. There's no consumption on site when it comes to distilleries. How it's, you can't have cocktails. You can't have, I mean, no consumption on site. It has to be bought there and you have to leave with it. But you can only sell to those with licenses. So like the uh, I'll call distribution places and stores and bars, they can buy directly from you. But if you don't have a license, you can't buy from the distillery directly. How insane is that? Unreal. Yeah. Makes so, no sense. Yeah, you can't have a tasting room or something like that. No, no consumption on site. That you can have, I, I believe it was, you can have small samples that uh, you give away for free. But other than that, you can't have like a cocktail or like a full drink or, you know, a shot or whatever while on site. Insane. And then I thought, well, what about a brewery? So that one has even more restrictions, has significantly more restrictions. Biennial fee is $1,000. Again, large price. And you can't sell more than five gallons to someone to consume offsite. Again, kind of like with the winery, unless that person has an alcohol license and they're like a beer distributor or what have you. Five gallons is the most you can sell to someone per day. So if you're having a wedding or something, you have to go to a, or a like a alcohol distribution place. You can't go to the brewery directly. You can't help out this small business directly. So, and then not only that, for consumption on site, you can't sell more than 36 ounces a day to a person for consumption on site. 36 ounces is the most you can have. Most of these places are very conscious of this rule and only give you two glasses. And that is all they will sell to you for the day. Wow. Not <sighs> only that, you can't have live entertainment. And by yes. that, they mean specifically no live entertainment, televisions, pool tables, dart games, dancing, electronic or other games, game tables, or other recreational or gaming opportunities on the premises as the direct quote from that law. That's absolutely ridiculous. And then there's other like small tidbit things too, like no seats at the counter or bar where the product is served. And get this, the room where the consumption occurs is not to open before 9 a.m. and serving the product ends not later than 8 p.m. That's the latest you can serve someone is 8 p.m. So what, what's the part, how are they justifying all of these just nonsensical rules? So um, it goes back to these lawmakers own bars and they're saying that their bars are a local business and they're hurting. So they're trying to help local businesses, specifically yeah. bars, which these lawmakers directly uh, benefit from. Shocker. And then... As a last resort, if it's not going through, they say it's to help the native population and reducing the consumption of alcohol. Right. Ridiculous. And then, so after looking at the brewery stuff, uh, a lot of people have considered doing brew pub licenses, which is a different license than a brewery. And uh, the biennial fee is less, it's $500, still a lot of money. And uh, so it's cheaper to do a brewery, but there's a bunch of other restrictions too. So like you can't sell 37,200 gallons in a calendar year to a wholesaler. Um, there's a whole bunch of different nitpicky restrictions on how many gallons you can produce in a year and who you sell it to. And uh, so it's, it depends on how small of a brewery. So if you're not gonna be reaching those gallon limits, then uh, it helps you out and getting past some of the other brewery restrictions. But it, let's say you're doing really well and you're like, I don't know, Alaska Brewing Company, and uh, you would definitely reach those restrictions. It's better to do the brewery license because then you don't have those, um, the amount you can sell restrictions that they have as a brew pub. 
ridiculous. And then to top it all off, general alcohol laws. I was looking into those as well. So this goes for everyone across the board. According to ASO 4.16.030, I totally didn't memorize that number, by the way. <laughs> There's pro a whole section on prohibited conduct relating to drunken persons. And it doesn't oh. specify what a drunken person is, but you can't sell to them. You can't even let them on the premise. If they are drunk on your premise, you have to kick them off. And you can't even deliver alcohol to them. So let's say your delivery guy goes to that person and they're drunk. They can't deliver the alcohol to them. They have to take the alcohol back. They can't make that sale. How crazy is that? Yeah. And who determines who's drunk? Yeah. It doesn't even say what a drunk person is. Yeah, so it's just extortion. Imagine going to a restaurant and you're actually not hungry and you're already full and they can't serve you because you're already full. I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about here. Or they can't deliver food to you even though you're not hungry or because you're not hungry, they can't deliver to you. Yeah. How crazy is that? And then the final piece to this, you're not allowed to have a happy hour up here. You can't change the price for one hour of the day. In fact, your price has to be set for the whole week. You can't change it in the middle of the week. So no happy hour, folks. No and that, happy hour. <laughs> and that goes for like, let's say you're having some sort of event where um, you're raising money for a charity or something. It has to be the same price that you normally sell for that week. <laughs> Yeah, that's just them creating rules so that if you accidentally break them more intentionally, they can steal from you your money. Yeah, for sure. How's the mead? It's good. This is kind of awkward to drink out of, actually. <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah, badass drinking out of it, but like, it's really awkward to drink from. <laughs> I bet, because you don't really know the distance between which the liquid's going to hit your lips from the bottom of that horn. Yeah, come back. Somebody's going to make a very inappropriate joke about that statement I just made. I can only guess. <clears throat> I don't know who that is, but I expect to see it pretty soon in the comments. So, <laughs> my bad. I wasn't trying to set one up there. But, I'm sure. But how crazy. I mean, this is why I became a libertarian. It's like, why are the, And there's, there's more rules, there's more fees, there's more freaking loopholes you got to jump through, and it doesn't benefit anyone other than the lawmakers. There's all this micromanaging and it drives me nuts because it's all like victimless crimes, you know, and it's just, you can't have a pool table at a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. So, so no that's what I wanted to emphasize. I wanted to rant about that and drink my meat and just be like a freaking government. <laughs> this is our life. This is why we do what we do, so we can change this. So people know what's actually going on. For sure. So <clears throat> Muddy Waters Media here decides that they're going to try to be sneaky. I say there, we're part of that crew, but I think I know who did this, but that's okay. Question for Nullet. Who has the best beard in the Muddy Waters Media community, and why did you pick the Cajun Libertarian over Mr. Bearded Truth. Now I'll rephrase that a little bit to be more of an accurate question, seeing as how I have control over how I can word said question from said person using the Muddy Waters Media label. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I know what he's referencing. I think uh -oh. I said happy birthday to Spike on my page and uh, told him he had the second best beard with muddied waters media who uh, and this mr bearded truth or something is trying to say otherwise well we're just gonna have to settle that in tunica now won't we i don't think that this person's gonna be there so now jason lyon who is not muddied waters media says question for nolan who has the best beard on the muddy waters team and why did you pick mr murica over your co-host what? 
I haven't officially said who has the best beard. I only said who had the second best beard. <laughs> so they're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> oh, he's trying hard. He's trying hard. My, my cursor here is not wanting to work. So let me see if I can just use my finger. Oh, my wife, Sunny Day, says anything is legal if you can afford it. And that is a valid point. Yeah, that's really frustrating having that sort of money gap saying that you have to be so rich in order to ride this ride you know it's people like to tell me that libertarians are against the poor when actually we're the ones advocating against these fees that are preventing folks that are of a lower class to start a business i just want to start a business folks but i'm too poor to start a business how ridiculous is that and the government is the one responsible for not letting me start a business to make money because i don't have enough money in the first place to start it Uh, Jason Lyon, I like where your head's at right here. I'm, I know I picked them twice in a row, but we should put pool tables outside bars and breweries to ensure people can play after getting toasted. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. If you're drunk on premise, they have to kick you off. And it doesn't specify what drunk is either, by the way. Exactly. That's the problem. That way they can show up on site and they can just determine right then and there what they believed a person to be drunk or not. And then they can send you a nice fine that you have to pay. Mm -hmm. Yay. America. <laughs> so if your cursor doesn't work, am I just going to be large for the rest mm -hmm. of the. <laughs> oh no, this isn't a uh, different cursor. You know, I'm double screening. So here I'll, I'll push oh. that back now and I'll go ahead and trade this not off to be here. Confused with double fisting. <laughs> not to be confused with double fisting. And yeah, I'm going to leave that alone too. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, always a good time to introduce a new picture of our dear good friend, Jack Casey. Hello, Jack. Oh my God. I haven't seen this. <laughs> Look at that face. Oh, what a beautiful man. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely. Where do you get these pictures? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny my sources. Jack, my man, author of the royalgrain.com. I don't even really need to say anything, right? Wow. I mean, that's just an exceptional photograph right there. He truly is the best one on our OnlyFins website that we haven't made yet, but we're definitely going to make just for him. OnlyFins, folks. OnlyFins. <laughs> From the Seafood Caucus. <laughs> OnlyFins, right there. And all this hairless glory. Jack Casey, author of the RoyalGreen.com. Also, his third book is coming out by the end of this episode. And if you don't get your copy by next week, then you can actually sue Chris Reynolds and the personal injury attorney at law. Although you probably won't win because that didn't sound like a personal attorney, but maybe you can claim emotional distress. Well, Jack Casey's also on the West Coast, so it might be quite difficult to sue him from Florida. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Matt Lacey said screenshot. So that's what we do now, apparently, is people just watch these shows to sit around and wait for perfect uh, screen grabs to make memes out of. So that's always awesome. I heard your uh, wife did that with uh, Brian Lambert. Yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> And it was glorious, so I'm not going to complain about it. That's for sure. All right. So I would like to say happy anniversary to my parents, to my parents, mom and Jack. Thank you very much for getting together oh so long ago and putting up with my nonsense. Happy anniversary. I love y'all very, very much. So along with happy treason day, we have happy anniversary to my parents. Also, I found out something about Mississippi's treason day. We have a free fishing day, folks. Did you hear that? You can go and fish without a license three days a year in Mississippi. Based. <laughs> we are libertarian AF. But I guess let's get into the details of it because it's not exactly what you might think. 
The first weekend of National Fishing and Boating Week in June of each year is designated as Free Fishing Weekend. Thank you. Appreciate that. June 6th and 7th. Mississippi Department of Marine Sources would like anglers to know that any person may saltwater sport fish without a license in the marine waters of Mississippi, and those are only the waters south of Interstate 10. Glorious. In addition, July 4th of each year is designated as free saltwater sport fishing day as well on Mississippi Gulf Coast. Any person may saltwater sport fish without a recreational saltwater fishing license on July 4th in the marine waters of Mississippi. Again, only south of the I-10. So then you've got the other 90% of the state that doesn't include free fishing three days a year. Now, here's another catch to that. It's not just free for everything south of the I-10 marine water, salt water only, three days a year. You also are still prohibited and held to the standards of your sizes and catch and possession limits. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They still need to adhere to all size and possession limits. So for three days a year in Mississippi, you can fish in saltwater below I-10. Thank you for not extorting from us 365 days a year, only 362. Appreciate that, Daddy Government. That's awesome. So if you'd like to save a whopping $25 a day, three days of those years, you can come to South Mississippi in the saltwater below I-10. But you still got to make sure you're adhering to their possession limits. So with that being said, I want to move on to something else in regards to treason day. I'm going to read you a quote that I've been holding on to for a long time. It's very um, important to me. It's, it's revolutionized some of the way I think and process our, our messaging and our application of what we consider our ideology out there. I've been holding on to this for a while. I stumbled across it again this morning and I thought it was absolutely freaking perfect for today. I'll read that quote now. One free man will say with truth what he thinks and feels amongst thousands of men who by their acts and words attest exactly the opposite. It would seem that he who sincerely has expressed his thought must remain alone, whereas it generally happens that everyone else, or the majority at least, have been thinking and feeling the same things but without expressing them. At that And that which yesterday was the novel opinion of one man today becomes the general opinion of the majority. And as soon as this opinion is established immediately by imperceptible degrees, but beyond power of frustration, the conduct of mankind begins to alter. That is a quote from Leo Tolstoy. He was a Russian uh, author uh, amongst many other things. And he also later in life became a Christian anarchist. And he's also a pacifist. And so happy treason day. I want to unpack that a little bit, right? Because we say we like to poke fun and and call it treason day and all that. I'm going to switch that for a few moments and just call it revolution. Because this is really what Leo Tolstoy is talking about, this Christian anarchist Russian. He wrote many books. He was almost nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize several times. And again, he's a Christian anarchist. But what he's saying is that a lot of us, all the time think that we may be alone or very limited in who shares our opinion and how we can express that opinion out loud in the public arena. We like to say all the time that people are libertarians. They just don't know it yet. And that's really what he's talking about here. When one person believes in this thought and then it begins to express it and other people say, you know what? I've been thinking that for a long time, but I haven't been saying it. And then the more we talk about it and the more we spread that message and the more we get better at articulating our stances and our belief system and our ideologies out in the public arena, then that will spread an idea, a hope, a revolution is initiated. It's promulgated and it's sustained by an idea and by hope. We can't forget hope is very important to liberty minded people. Things are looking progressively worse by the day. A lot of that is due to the expansion of information that we have at our fingertips, right? So we can dig into all this stuff. We see the government overreach and the the tyrannical 
uh, grip that they have in our lives and in our individual communities every day. And so, yes, to us, it may look a little bit worse, but Proverbs actually tells us to keep hope. It actually says in Proverbs that without hope, the people will perish. And we need to remain that hope. We need to remain that beacon of liberty, right? Because it begins with us in our communities. It begins with our ideas. Revolutionary, revolution is idea driven. Like I said, it's, it's initiated, promulgated, and then sustained by ideas and by hope. And so if we want this liberty flame to continue to grow brighter, then we have to be that beacon of liberty and hope because that's what this country is supposed to be about. That's what July 4th is supposed to be about. We are supposed to be that lit flame across the entire ocean, across the entire expansion of the earth. We are the flame of liberty. We are the hope of everyone else. And it doesn't look like that right now, but a lot of people still view us as that. And how do we get back to that? It's going to take you and I. It takes people like Eskimo doing the things she does in her community. It takes us uh, getting together, practicing, and inspiring each other to become activists and to keep going. Because that's what we are supposed to be. That's this, that's who this country is supposed to be. And we're getting there. I think I, We're spreading our message, and it's affecting everywhere. And so that idea has taken hold. Many people share it with us. And it's important that we continue to spread that message. And I want to tell you a little bit about how I came to libertarianism. As Eskimo was saying, she wanted to start the mead business and it drove her into that. And we, uh, we have a little bit of a different story, but it's kind of the same story. My wife and I got married in 2015. And then in August of 2015, we moved to Louisiana and we got married or we were married. We had a kid is what I was trying to say. We got married. We moved to Louisiana in 2015, August. We got pregnant. I was making $10 an hour. My wife was making $7.25. I started mosquito control. That was my first pest control job. That was the beginning of the career that I have now. And ACA hit, Affordable Health Care Act. Obamacare, as many people like to call it. And so we qualified immediately. We had it for about four months. And then... In December of 2016, we were told that we needed to renew that. And so we had to get online. We had to talk to them. We hadn't had any change in life. We hadn't had any pay change. No, actually, the only thing that did change is that my wife was pregnant. And so that was even more you know, of a, of a re- reason to have some sort of health care coverage. So we, we, we went to renew. They said, you still qualify for Obamacare but you don't qualify for any monetary assistance. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Obviously, if we still qualify for this, then at least we'll get a break, a break right? We'll get some kind of discount on healthcare. And as we dug into it, we uh, realized that it was not any more of a discount. It was the exact same as privatized health insurance, which neither we could afford. And so we were stranded without health insurance yet again, which wasn't a big issue. Like I rarely had health insurance in my life, rarely. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But then the tax, the uh, penalty, as they like to call it, started hitting. And then the first year they took all of our tax return money. Again, I was making minimum wage or my wife's making minimum wage. I'm making $10 an hour and rent is freaking expensive. Now we've got a baby on debt and they're taking that little bit of money from us that we use to fix our cars, to have our house repaired. You know, those <laughs> that that tax refund was is, was a lot to us. It meant a lot to us. It still means a lot to us. I bought most of this equipment with this year's tax return money. And so that first year they took it from us. Second year took it from us. Third year, we had to pay the IRS money because we didn't have health insurance. Had to pay them a little over $700. Couldn't afford that. So we had to go on a pay- payment plan. So for like nine months, I was paying out of pocket to the IRS because we couldn't have health insurance. And right about that time was the 2016 presidential election. Yay. America. Donald Trump and Hillary freaking Clinton. And so I was out of politics. I'll be honest with you. I voted once in my life before getting involved. That was George W. Bush. Sorry. I was 18. Grew up conservative Christian. Yeah. So there you go. And then I realized, oh, well, this is not any better. 
And so I got out of politics until they drugged me right back in by sticking their grubby fingers directly in my poor wallet. And here comes the 2016 presidential presidential election with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Hard pass on either one of them. Now, we had just moved to Louisiana. Our licenses weren't switched over. So I was not sure. Again, I hadn't been in politics for a long time. So I, I didn't vote. And I didn't think that I could even vote because I still had a Mississippi ID and I was in Louisiana. And so um, after about the first however long, eight, nine, ten months, year over, we we're still worried about this tax because that was a huge hit to our income, a massive hit to our income, which was very small to begin with. And they didn't do away with it. And I'm watching all of my family members who actually did have ACA get my dad's insurance went up like four times the amount of what it was. And so now I'm like, this is just completely out of control because you said you can keep your doctor if you want your doctor. That didn't happen. Everybody I know lost their doctor. Your your current private insurance rates won't go any up, go up any. Yes, they did by a lot. And then the very act that was supposed to help out the poor who we were slid our throats four years in a row, three years in a row is absolutely drove me up the wall. That's how I came to my initial part of libertarianism. And then that's when I just started learning because I was not really clear on everything. And then in January 18, January of 2018, I got really sick. I got hospitalized with necrotizing pancreatitis. I was in the hospital for about six weeks, uh, one of which was in ICU. I went from 230 pounds to 155 in four weeks. And then I was in and out of the hospital for many, many, many months. It was a very severe situation. Uh, I wound up getting up to $300,000 in medical debt because I didn't have health insurance. And then Louisiana stepped in, Medicare, and they pro uh, retroactive uh, Medicare Medicaid payment plan and paid off the $300,000 of medical debt, but I still didn't have insurance. They just retroacted it from the first hospital uh, hospitalization to the day before I actually received the letter, which was pretty hilarious. I thought, and still, I mean, right. How is that? That's like a prime example of our government. You get a letter in the mail that says you have health insurance that they're paying for. And then you look at the expiration date and it's the next day. Right. And so what they did is if your medical bills got two or three hundred or it was like three or four times the amount of your monthly income, they would step in and just wipe them out. They didn't actually give you health insurance and they didn't actually wipe anything out. They just didn't make the they just gave the hospital a better cut from subsidies because that's how that works. Apparently in America. Hallelujah. So that really opened my eyes up to tax codes and how health insurance is actually driven, which I won't go into because I already told Eskimo uh, I had a long segment. And so we will do a, a healthcare situation because that is very important to me. I am a type one diabetic now because of that whole situation. I still require at least one more surgery that I cannot get because I still don't have health insurance because I still can't afford it. And yet here we go with the Democrats and the Republicans again with ACA. So that's freaking awesome. I'm super excited, y'all. I couldn't be more excited, really. So we moved back to Mississippi because I got fatally ill, was bounced back, um, recovered decently. I'm still dealing with it. And a lot of y'all know that um, I actually didn't have a good night last night with uh, my gastric stuff. It was pretty rough. So I'm actually pumped full of medicine right now. It's probably why I seem a little shaky and out of breath, but that's OK. We'll fight through it. It's important. We moved back to Mississippi because we needed the support because we had now um about to get pregnant again. And I just recovered from my situation, had the son and my wife has family, her age. And a lot of it, we get back here and everything seems to be going decently. Okay. For a little while. And then the pandemic hits in 2020. And while we didn't suffer nearly as bad as the rest of the country, I mean, look, let's be honest. So in Mississippi, we were closed for about two weeks and we could still go to the gas station and stuff like that. Like, you know, it wasn't that bad. They did extend some restrictions on restaurants and things of that nature as far as keeping it only to go and, and those sorts of things. But when I looked around the country, I was absolutely pissed off at what some of the other people were going through. 
And especially in states like New York, Michigan, New Mexico, California, uh, I could name off a bunch of states where they suffocated people to death, closing businesses. People died trapped in their homes. People, I mean, uh, their reaction to this, to in my personal opinion, was far, far worse than the actual pandemic. And we know that because we didn't go through all those tyrannical lockdowns here. And we wound up on the same page numbers wise or better than a lot of those states and those tyrants that were really, really just cutting off the lifeblood to the local communities. And, and I just got extremely mad. I got very mad. I was already pissed off and ex- fleshing out libertarianism like a, in a big way looking at it. And this sent me over the top. And I stumbled across another quote. So I'm going to give you another quote, but it's very short. And it's from Benjamin Franklin. And it says, justice will not be served until those who are affected are as outraged as those who are. And that really resonated with me because I was already feeling that certain way. I was so angry what was going on around the country with my American brothers and sisters that it it drove me into severe activism. And that's why you have the Cajun Libertarian today is really due to just a very toxic relationship with the state for a very long time, including the police. And I'll give that story on another podcast as well. But um and then having my own lifeblood stripped for me with no option, right? There's uh, no option to get out of it, no option to counter it. Just you take your freaking loss and you move on. And you're not going to say anything about it. And that's not me. I'm a very rebellious person. Very. So when you made me angry like that, that created an activist. So that meme really resonates with me. And who made you so extreme? Well, you, you did. Just stay out of my life, stay out of my neighbor's life, stay out of my country's life, stay out of my community's life, and we'll all be better for it. And that's what drove me into this. And so going back to the revolution, right, and being anarchist, libertarian, liberty-minded, when we talk about revolution, we're not talking about going to war. That's not what that means. Uh, not in the physical drawing weapons sense. I mean, going to war with the messaging, going to war with the the mindset of how we can help each other out, how we can band together, because if we're going to be able to continue to spread this, and we are, our numbers are growing exponentially. We're adding people to this movement. So there's that hope, right? We're not going to sit here and be in front of you without it. It's impossible. We have the hope. It's our job to amplify that message. It's our job to amplify that hope and liberty to our communities, to each other, to keep ourselves boosted up as well. We have to continually refuel ourselves and so that we can continue to pour out in our communities. So with the revolution of ideas, thoughts, inspiration, and communication, happy Revolution Day. And I love you. Very good. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you bring up uh, the pandemic and how it affected you and throwing you into this because that's kind of what happened with me too. I actually had an offer, a job offer for my dream job. I mean, this thing was going to be cush. I mean, I was going to be paid super well. The benefits were better than anything I've ever seen. It was going to be perfect. It's everything I've worked for. And then pandemic hit. And my job went away because that project went away. And so they didn't need me. And so I was sitting here like, like I had just had a baby and I was just like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for baby food? How am I going to pay for diapers? Like it, it just, I panicked. And um, luckily my husband got an offer for a different job and we're doing great. Luckily, but imagine if he didn't have that. I mean, we would be screwed. And so I have all this extra time on my hands and uh, started making memes and uh, took my anger out on them through memes. And now we have the Cajun Eskimo show. Yep. And another side note to that, which I, I don't know if Eskimo even remembers this or not, but before I started the Cajun Libertarian brand, this was back in the days of the election cycle with Joe Jorgensen when she had gotten really popular um, as Eskimo Libertarian before you got struck to the gulag by the Zuckerberg. Um, and then you were receiving 
like literal death threats. And I was messaging you as my real name because I hadn't started the Cajun Libertarian brand. And that's my real name's Noel. And I was messaging her saying, Hey, I would, you know, I want to get involved. I want to, I want to do the meme thing because I was starting to create OC and people were really loving it. And so it was actually Eskimo Libertarian that inspired Cajun Libertarian. And that's not a joke. Oh. Probably don't remember that. <laughs> I, I do remember. I was getting a lot of messages, to be honest, and a lot of people wanted on board, but then a lot of people, like, I don't know, they wanted to know more about me. Some people even, like, told me where I lived and said they wanted to come see me, and I'm like, whoa. And then people were just, there There was a lot of crazy stuff going on, and I literally was just blocking out everyone, like, no, don't join me. Don't do anything with me. I just want to just make my memes, just share my memes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I started putting up these barriers and stuff, and now I've become more approachable, and I reach out to people more, and um, I'm getting better at sifting through all that. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. In fact, I before it was Eskimo Libertarian, it was Mama JoJo's Freedom Memes. Yes, was, <laughs> yep, sure enough. Because oh yeah, I was messaging you about the algorithm because I was going on um, Mama Joe's Freedom Memes. And I would like and comment and like, I would spend like 15, 20 minutes just going through the page to, to trigger the algorithm so that it would just show up in my feed. And nope, they buried her. Absolutely buried her. Would not show up in my feed at all. If I wanted to go look at her memes, I would have to search her in Facebook. And it was just crazy. It was obvious suppression. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And it, it was crazy. Like, I don't know. I was doing what I could and obviously people liked the stuff, but then I was getting like, uh, what was it called? It wasn't extremist, but they had a different name. Like, do you remember? Like they got rid of people for being, oh, maybe someone in the comments can remember, but like, it, it's kind of similar to what we have now with people being warned about extremist content. Okay. But um, I remember what I, you're talking about. I don't remember the description though. Oh man, they even made groups on like MeWe and stuff like that saying like, oh, we are the, oh, man. someone's going to, someone in the comments is going to remember what it was. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, yeah, eventually my page did get shut down and I went through the whole appeals process. And finally, after the election, I was able to regain my page and they had uh, said they had removed content that went against the community guidelines and I could continue to have my page as long as I didn't violate more community guidelines. They deleted every single one of my memes i had made over 200 memes by that point <laughs> and i was like holy cow and i i hadn't put watermarks on them at that time it's only like more recently that i started putting on uh, watermarks on them and so every once in a while like out in the wild like i think libertarian candidates that page they shared one of my memes i had made back in like october i'm like oh look yeah, there you yeah, are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh oh complex entities thank you bootleg yeah, yeah so like people that were complex entities or like interactions with complex entities that got that ban. And so actually, so side story, I had this Instagram and I was showing people how you go hunting, fishing, camping and whatnot with a baby out in Alaska. Cause people were too scared to do that. And I'm like, no, it's great for your child. Look, this is the gear you use. This is what trail we did. And like, they did great and showing and encouraging other parents, like this is how you take a baby out into the wild and this is what you use. They actually um, deleted that account and said, I violated the community standards so bad, I couldn't go through appeals process to bring that page back. God. <laughs> I was like, what? No. <laughs> so yeah, and it was really sad because I had like thousands of followers and moms were like, oh, awesome. Like I, felt confident enough to go hike, you know, we did like a three day camping trip and thanks so much. And I'm like, yeah, and it was just great. But <laughs> so yeah. I'm scrolling through the comments here. <laughs> There's a bunch yeah. of them. Jack, I want to read Jack Casey's for obvious reasons. Um, <clears throat> Jack Casey says I'm five minutes or so behind on the video, but just wanted to say this episode is fire and not just because of the recent photo drop of me, but also because of that. <laughs> Thanks, Jack Casey. <laughs> Thanks, Jack Casey. But yep. happy Freedom Day, folks. Yep. And also thanks to 
Oh, Jonathan mm -hmm. Reels. Yeah. So apparently he's not a Reels candidate because he needs us to reach $5,000. <laughs> so help him become a Reels candidate by donating at www.jonathan.cash. That's www.jonathan.cash and help him become a Reels candidate for Reels, folks. Oh, yeah. And he's running for U.S. Congress for the second district of Alabama. <laughs> How's the mead going? I think I need to pour more, though yep. maybe I shouldn't because then I, I shouldn't get too toasted on. <laughs> I have, okay, right. for those that don't know, I have the weakest liver you'll ever meet. I get drunk way too fast. I'm probably the cheapest date ever. <laughs> so, we ain't got much, that much time left anyway, so might as well pour you another one. Oh, uh, James change. Reynolds says, sounds like it's working. Oh. <laughs> I just, oh. He's just messing with you. Freedom Mead. I like that. Uh, yeah. Says, but look at this color. Isn't this gorgeous? Nice raspberry mm -hmm. flavor. And um, mm -hmm. even though it's made with honey, it's not sweet. It's actually very dry, but it's mm -hmm. flavorful and smooth. So it's not like people think of drinking honey and they're like, Oh gosh, you know, and it's not like that. It's actually very dry. I've only ever heard of mead being created with honey. Yes. Okay. That's the main ingredient. Yeah. So the main ingredient has to be honey, but then there's other things you can put in there. In fact, they used to put spices in there and that was like a form of medicine. And those were the methaglins and, um, yep. I can't remember what the root word's in there, but it pretty much means like medicine water or something like that. But yeah, it great stuff. You can put chamomile in there and have a nice relaxing day and have a chamomile mead and there you go. <laughs> yep. Also, next weekend. So this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is what we have been blasting with a megaphone about, and that's the Tunica event in Mississippi, where myself, Spike, pretty much the whole Muddy Waters media crew will be there, respective spouses, uh, Adam Kokesh will be there. There'll be, a bunch of, there'll be a lot of people there. I'm hosting the event. <clears throat> we have a gun raffle. We started out with 150 tickets last week, or about a week ago today or so. Um, you can see on that promo right there, it says there's 150 tickets total. I'm not being able to pull it off. My hand's not. Uh, yeah, right other way. Other way. Other way. Other way. I know. I know. I'm just not. Yeah, it's good. $10 a ticket, 150 tickets total. Now, last time I checked, I should probably check my phone. Last time I checked, out of 150 in a week, we were down to 20. And now, that was this morning. Oh, yep, I could probably take that off. Gun raffle. Win a G-Force G-12, 12 Gagoo home defense shotgun. We did fix it, right? It now says bad. But it was good. <laughs> and we'll never live that down. At least I didn't make the promo. We have 15 tickets left, y'all. So if you want to buy a ticket for this shotgun, you have probably about to the end of the day if they're not sold off already. I would advise you go ahead and snack, snatch, snack. <laughs> you could snack a ticket. You should snatch your ticket before it's too late so that we can all get down to Tunica and have an absolute blast where Spike will be our keynote speaker. So, and um, I'm hosting the event. Brian Lambert's going to help me host it as well. You know what? I put it, I should have put our Jeopardy, uh, our Jeopardy graphic up here. I didn't even think about that. I've got it in the notes though. So we'll talk about it. We have tomorrow night, Libertarian Jeopardy Live, hosted by Brian Lambrick and myself. Tomorrow? Nope. No, not tomorrow. Tuesday night. That's right. At 9 Eastern. Nope. At 10 Eastern, 9 Central, which would be Freedom Time. Happy Revolution Day. Central Time is Freedom Time, Chris Darnell. Libertarian Jeopardy Live. Our contestants will be yours truly, Nullick. Eskimo Libertarian, Spike Cohen, Matt Wright, Sarah Ann Andereg, Superfan Sarah as well. I keep forgetting to call her Superfan Sarah. Um, Ashley Smoot will be there. 
we will have, I'm going to forget somebody. I just know it. Oh, bootleg libertarian of Christopher Arnell is also a contestant. Uh, Thomas Queter, Tom for 52.com. That's T O M F O R, not to be confused with the number four, 5252.com. Tom for 52.com. Make a donation to Tom52.com because he's running for Senate and he has no legs. Well, he's got legs, they just don't work. Anyway, Tom for 52.com. She's, <laughs> she's cracking over here. Uh, it's a Tom is a phenomenal human being. I mean, he is a great, great sport. And he asked me to plug him. I asked him, has he ever made a donation to Muddy Waters Media? He said, yes. I said, then absolutely. I would have done it anyway. Tom for 52.com running for Senate in the right now terrible state of New York. So we need Tom. Uh, and then the last contestant will be Anthony DiRazio, another New Yorker, New Yorker, New Yorkian. New York habits. He's also the vice chair for the New York Libertarian Party. He will be a contestant as well. I hope I got everybody in that. That's tomorrow night. I'll be doing it live stream. No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> you know, sorry, it is I'm tomorrow getting... night, though. Jason Lyons joining back with Muddied Waters tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason Lyons is tomorrow, Tuesday after the – yeah, Jason Lyons is restarting his podcast, which was very popular beforehand, so – um, if you jump in Clubhouse, he'll be at there at some point today, and he'll give us a, a brief synopsis of what exactly is going to happen on his podcast. But I'm sure it's going to be awesome. It'll be amazing. Then you got Spike and Matt on Tuesday night. How do you? I, I really should let you do it because you do all the names to the shows. I just give them the names. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. I don't remember what Jason's name is going to be, but <laughs> Tuesday is Muddy uh, Bars. Are... Oh, maybe. Maybe. Jason Lyon, quickly go into the comments, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's watching. I think he commented, but if you can tell me what your the show, name of your show is going to be, uh, Tuesday is Muddy Warriors of Freedom with Matt and Spike. Wednesday is My Fellow Americans with Spike, and Thursday is the Writer's Block with Matt Wright, and Sunday is us again. Well, no, we'll be off. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Tuesday. And yes. then after after, so the next time we come on, it'll actually be on Friday nights at 9:30 Eastern time. Yeah, we need a terrible Mr. Merck, the bearded truth. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I got distracted. I'm reading Matt Wright's comment. Mr. Merka, the bearded truth, is Jason Lyons on Monday. Okay. And then everything yeah. else that Eskimo just said, except when the next time you'll see us again will be on Fridays at 9.30 Eastern, and I will give the exact date now. I should have had that. Ready? Yeah, because this coming okay. Thursday, I'm actually going to do um, a special and I will be taking a week off after that episode. So yep. next Sunday, we will not be here. And um, so let's we'll see, this coming, the, yeah. We'll be the, the next, following Friday, July 16th. Perfect. Cajun Eskimo Show, Bayou's to Igloos, on MuddyWatersMedia.com, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Freedom Time, Central Time. And then, like, Sometime in the middle of the day, Eskimo time, because she lives out of nowhere. My co-host, yeah, like... <laughs> she eats bears with no seasoning. <laughs> I love it. I want to eat bear with. I want bear heart. Damn it! With some butter. That sounds with like some the butter. Most... I need bear heart today, though. Can you fast ship it to me because it's Happy Revolution Day, and I don't. See any other way to celebrate it better than eating bear heart? I'll attach it to an eagle's leg and send it off to you. There you go. That's the <laughs> profile. <laughs> nice. You Even though you're like, what, 4,000 miles away from me? Oh, no. No Technology, that's, crazy folks, right? That's too much math. Uh, I think that the um, GoFundMe link for Libertarian or Tunica event is in the comments. And then don't forget tomorrow night's Libertarian Jeopardy Live hosted by myself and Brian Lambert. It's Tuesday night. Sorry. I Tuesday. got it in my head. You're going to confuse uh, all those, followers. <laughs> all those phenomenal contestants. And um, that'll be freaking awesome. Brian's written all of those questions and it's amazing. So it'll be very, very, very fun. 9.30, 9 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday. And I'll be figure it out, folks. It's, yeah, it'll yeah. happen I'll, eventually. Just stay tuned. I'll post another promo of it. I'll post another promo of it. Just so I effed it all up. 
And so, uh, and there's the GoFundMe link in the comments for the Tunico event. And we're going to be doing a drive food drive for the Mercy House Team Challenge, uh, 14 month residential rehab, free of cost for 45 to 50 men. And we need to get them all the help that they can. I've actually worked at that rehab, so I would appreciate the donations there, please. <clears throat> um, what else? Didn't you have some stuff that you wanted that you needed to talk about? Yeah. So. Um, I will not be able to make it to Tunica, but I made sure that this Saturday I still do something like Liberty related. And so I'm a huge advocate for volunteerism. And so this Saturday, the 10th, starting at 11 a.m. in downtown Palmer, I will be joining the 10th annual Palmer Invasive Weed Smackdown. And basically mm. what that is, is all these uh, private businesses came together and funded this event. And so there's going to be free food and live music and an art festival and everything. It's like a big whole festival type thing. And they're encouraging volunteers to come down and remove invasive weeds all throughout the town. And so uh, we get actually get a lot of invasive like species from Asia, specifically mainly Japan. And so we have this weed called fetch. And that's like the big one that we need to get rid of. But there's other invasive weeds as well. And so we'll be going through and weeding the town. And there's also going to be... Um, like tons of private businesses that are donating to make this possible, including free food. And there's also a prize giveaway for children and uh, there's an art festival. And so they just make it a big fun thing and encourage volunteerism in the area. And so I'm really excited about that. I've been to other volunteer events throughout the year um, in the area and they're always a great time. So I will be there. That is Saturday the 10th, starting at 11 a.m. in downtown Palmer at the Pavilion. That's where you sign in. And uh, so if you guys want to join me and you're in the Alaska area, I don't know how many Alaskans watch this show, but uh, yeah, that's where I will be. And I'll be advertising more about that on my page. And so enc encouraging volunteerism. And it should be fun. So Nice. That is, yeah, that's what I'll be doing. And so... I am stoked. Uh, yeah, should be fun. I hope our stream didn't get messed up there. I was in the Matrix for a while. Still says we're live. Uh-oh. So we'll redo all that information. Somebody please get into the comments and make sure we're still good to go. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Something's going on with my Wi-Fi. But it looks like oh, we're no. still good. Yep, you are live, Patricia. Very good. Always good to check. I would rather make sure than just sit here awkwardly wondering if that is the case. Thank you, Patricia. You're good, says Brian. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Fetch from Japan, volunteers for invasive weeds to remove invasive weeds. I'm assuming that's what you just talked about. I couldn't hear you. Sound like you were in the matrix, but my Wi-Fi yeah, was clicking. And so, and the follow with yeah, no worries. That's probably it. I was gonna say it's probably a clue that we should go join our families for Independence Day. Yep, we're over an hour, so always awesome. We will see y'all again on July 16th at 9:39. Sorry, not 9:39, but just nine. Nope, 9:30 Eastern Time. Man, I messed that up. We'll put the promo out. No worries. Not a big deal. Is there anything else you have before we uh, head out of here? Awesome. <laughs> I think we're good. Fantastic. Perfect. More comments about Tunica in the links. So thank y'all very much for tuning in. We love you very much. And this is the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous. To igloos. And we are out. <laughs> <laughs>